0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Soundworks Collection Interview Series. This is Michael Coleman, and this week I spoke with post-production supervisor Paul Saihaki at Pixar Animation Studio. Paul joined Pixar in 1999 during the production of Toy Story 2 and has supervised the post-production on all feature and short films since then. He is responsible for many of the efforts that take place outside of the studio including actor recording sessions, music composition and recording, international translations, and theatrical quality control. Paul also works very closely with the Skywalker sound team, where all the studio's films have been edited and mixed. I hope you enjoy. Paul, thanks so much for talking with me. Uh, let's just start off. For anyone who doesn't know what a post-production supervisor does, how do you describe your job?
1: Right. Well, post-production supervisor, you know, varies a bit. I must say, similar to producers on different shows. You know, they're anywhere from super involved, um, creatively working with the creative, and/or more just sort of organizing budgets and so on. At uh, Pixar. Post-production supervisor is uh, is completely involved, and it is, in all intents and purposes, just sort of is making sure that everything for the production uh, rolls from production right into the post side. Everything from dialogue recording sessions, um, making sure that that technology and recording all over the world, picking up you know, meeting actors wherever they need to be. Um, sounds the same location to location uh, it, it covers everything for sound effects music scoring for the film and then all the way to your know, color grading supervising making sure we get our final elements delivered for distribution
0: it seems like a lot for one person but somehow you're capable of doing all these things
1: we you know, there's there, there's a, a Small team of talented people behind me to help make all this happen for sure. It is more than one person.
0: Okay, awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and I guess for someone to come in in this position, I can imagine with your background. I mean, before you came to Pixar in '99, you were doing other things in LA. What what, what, what did that involve?
1: Right. Well, I uh, I started out in the in the film business, um, right after school, as a editorial apprentice in, in live action world. Down in LA, and um, I worked in editorial for about 12 years before coming to Pixar. Um, and slowly had worked my way up from apprentice to an assistant editor. Um, and I was actually editing in LA when I left to come up and, uh, and work on episode one up in the Bay Area and fell in love with San Francisco and you know the film business and life all in the same place and uh about halfway through that project pixar called and said hey we're ready to sort of start a post-production here at the studio versus you know farming it out or working through disney and that's sort of where i made my leap across
0: yeah, when you came in in '99, which was, um, I guess, Toy Story, Toy Story 2, was it also? Yes, Toy Story 2. Yeah. What What did you find in terms of the where technology was and how the studio, what, what was the size of the studio and what, what yeah, what, what technology were you guys dealing with then?
1: Right. We were. Let's see. Pixar was about. Uh, I'm gonna guess, but I think we were about 250 people total back then. Um, and I I arrived about six months before release. On Toy Story 2, so right when all the the back end post-production stuff was happening, and to sort of bring my live-action experience to Pixar, to the animation world, was it was absolutely something that was noted and and and, and different. Um, everything from um, uh, you know the the schedules at the at the Skywalker, and um, we just we just sort of stepped. We, we I helped us sort of step right into you know. The, the way it's been done lots of other places, lots of other studios. Back in the day, in editorial, I'd worked at all the studios um, down there on freelance projects. And then to sort of bring that knowledge and share it with Pixar was uh, was fun for me and exciting for them. And um, technology, you know, obviously, back in the day, it was all about film. It was all about Pixar. We At, at that time, Pixar only filmed out individual shots. And then we literally splice that film print together in a loop and put it on our projector and just run it through the projector over and over again, looking for any issues, any problems, any, you know, pixel problems or intersections from rendering. And uh, and, and obviously, we've made a little bit giant leap in the last, you know, 15, 16 years. Yeah. There's basically, there's no, much, no more film, sadly, uh, but yeah, super fun.
0: So what is that, I mean, just speaking of today's technology, what have you found, is it that you're capable of having your eyes on more projects? I mean, because now, for going from one film release a year, you guys are looking to do two films a year, and, and what, what what has it done in terms of your involvement in, in the production?
1: Sure, yeah, super excited, actually. This is, here we are, 2015, and we are going to be releasing two movies this year uh, for the first time. A goal we've had for a while, but but never a goal that we would let happen until it was right, until we had you know, two great movies that could, could be done at the same time. Um, and this is our year. Um, what we have to do, what helps me actually on the post side is because of the production effort in all of this, we have to get our first movie, Inside Out, for 2015 summer done well in advance so the production team can roll from that movie and, and move on to The Good Dinosaur coming out in November of 15. And so that gap allows us to sort of wrap up, finish up Inside Out a few months earlier than we normally would, uh, which allows me to have time to be able to do both projects. Um, we're also, we also have a, a coordinator from each show, on, on each show, that we've pulled from production that know the pipeline, know the people on the crew, that can be my sort of interface with the show so that we, I, I can each time I hit a new movie, I can step right in and, and feel like I'm part of the team.
0: Yeah, I mean, also something that you guys were exploring was going back to some of the older films and reissuing them in 3D. I, mean, I, I remember when, when that happened, I, I, just, I just remember seeing you all over the place because it was something that hadn't been done before for, for Pixar. Do, what can you say about that period?
1: Right, yeah, going, going backwards, when when, when, your, when your films from the past come back up and around, that is, uh, that is a little bit overwhelming. Um, all of our you know, past films being upgraded, being put out in Blu-ray in 3D. Um, thank goodness we've got a, a couple great folks over in our sort of home video side that help manage that and make all that happen. Um, plus, we have a small, tight 3D team inside the building that would you know, resurrect those old files and, 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 uh, and turn it into a, a 3D version for us. Um, And it was hectic, right, there's a lot going on, but, you know, as we know, uh, post-production folks down in LA are always working on multiple projects, it's just hard to be completely involved in all of them when you've got that many going on. Yeah. But that's—I think that's the—that's the part I'm passionate about. That's the part I enjoy: is being part of the film, you know, working with the directors and the producers, and you know, being at the mixes, being at the scores. I don't want to let that go. Okay. I've got to i got to find a way to make time to be be at that part, and and, and you know, and, and enjoy the film and enjoy the creative part of the film. Yeah. This is important to me, so we—I always try to, we try to schedule things accordingly, and and so far we have it has gone well.
0: Awesome. And what can you say? I mean, being a post production supervisor, I guess uh, people can assume that you're only involved with the post production, but I, I'm assuming that you're also involved in the pre production stages too.
1: Right. Yeah. Actually, you know, because you know, for us, post production basically means you know, everything. You know, in particular for my role, it's sort of everything outside of Pixar. It's you know, from the actor recordings, which we are doing you know three years, four years in advance of the film releasing. Um, that we get involved in, you know, all the way to, you know, the Skywalker stuff, which is happening at the, the last six months, the score, our composers come on, we, we, one of the things I think fundamentally that I try to make sure we are doing on every film is involving, involving all the, you know, the post-production side, the creative post-production side, our composers, our, our sound designers as early as possible. Um, I don't, I don't want to save things up until the movie's done or the movie's locked and then hand it over and say, okay, now you guys go. We, we bring our composers in you know, as early as you know, two years in advance to show them, you know, have them come to screenings, have them start thinking about the movie even well before they're working on it. Um, uh, you know, we, we all need time to find that creative our creative side of things, and um, to get people involved, we, we have found just obviously just helps um, helps all of us. Helps us share ideas along the way. Helps them kind of come up to speed. You know, we're working on our movies for four and five years, and uh, we, we want we want the art composer, we want our sound designers to come on early and to uh, sort of understand the whole process of of where the story is. Gone, come from, and and, and, and become. Um, so I think that's that's always a goal in, in our world is to get people involved. We we work hard to fight the schedule. We work hard to make sure there's enough time to make the images look great on the screen um, and tell a great story. And I believe it's just as important that we give um, our composers, our sound designers, and for that matter, our you know our, our the labs to make uh, a great. Uh, release to um, everybody needs time to do their, their, their best work and to, to shortchange anyone is, is never fair. Um, sweet work, work to try to keep an eye on
0: that. <laughs> uh, what's your perspective? I mean, story, it seems, is, you know, well, Pixar at first has an incredible track record of films that have done just, you know, just so well and, and loved by audiences. And um, I, I think some of the insight comes from the, the leadership at top. What's what's your perspective on on why and how the studio has found a, a groove that works? I mean, coming from a post production or yeah, post production scenario in L.A., what what is different um, from your perspective of the job that you're doing that that makes it a little different from everyone else?
1: Right. Well, certainly we are extremely proud of all of our great movies, um, and at Pixar, you know, story is king. You know, Ed Catmull said it many times, John Lasser said it many times in, in front of the company, story is king and the most important, um, and we can't, we, we, we don't want to move forward on our projects until the story is working. Um, and if it means that the, the movie even has to be delayed to a different point in time, you know, or or not uh, not put on the slate until it's ready, that's what we have to do, um, and... Yeah, I think that, that that is a secret, and that's something that gets lost sometimes in LA. You know, there, there's there's schedules, there's actor availability for live-action movies, where they're they're pushing some projects forward before they really have solved the story issues. Yeah, sure. Uh, naively, I think we we often you know go into these things thinking they're they're going to find themselves somehow, and they they don't. You know, you you it's it's a lot of work. We in, in the animation world, you have the opportunity to sort of um, you know, lock a story in and then start, start working on it creatively, start seeing images come through, and then you can, you can tweak it and make it better. You can, you know, we watch the movies over and over at Pixar. You know, every, every 14 weeks or so, we're screening the movie for ourselves, um, making sure that always, always that it gets better and, and tighter, and how can, we, how can we tell that same story point Um, in a shorter amount of time or in a a, a cleaner more direct way.
0: With the production schedules that you have, I mean some of the features are spanning obviously several years and and then you have the short department too. What are you finding is is there a difference in terms of how the post-production side is approached for a short versus a feature film?
1: Yeah I, I think that you know we to, to sort of continue that thought of, of, of telling a story, a great story, in, in the, the best way possible. We look to our composers to help us, you know, emotionally tell the story and, and, and to, to hit those notes for us as we do um, with our sound effects. I think that uh, one thing I learned, one thing that was very eye-opening after all the years in live-action world was on Toy Story 2, once we had finished and released the film... I went back with Gary Rydstrom and we mixed the movie music only um, and and, and played it back for ourselves, something we kind of hoped one day we could put on the DVD, um, where you could experience the movie just hearing the music. But then we also went back and remixed all the sound effects to, with the goal of, hey, wouldn't it be neat even that people could have the option to just listen to sound effects. And I remember being amazed at how much storytelling Gary had done in that film in sound design um, that helped the humor or helped the tension. And uh, I've always thought of, you know, at that time, up to that time, I sort of thought of sound effects as just a necessary step to, you know, make things feel real. But if a door closes, it makes a sound. But what that door sounds like and how that door sounds is is, is storytelling. Um, and so. That is something certainly in the post-production side that we want, you know, our guys always are thinking of helping the story, our directors talk to sound designers um, and composers, not in musical notes or, you know, major or minor, or it's always from emotional place and, and what is, what's important in the story at that moment, and, uh, and then let the composer do his job of taking that story idea and turning it into music, or a sound designer taking that story idea. And turning into a great sound effect that that pluses that, that helps reinforce the story the director's trying to get across.
0: Yeah. And I guess you're, you know, one of the, like, the handful of people that are involved in in every single film or every single step. Do you ever, are you ever tempted or are you ever, you know, are you getting questions from the creative team in terms of, you know, input? I, I mean, obviously or is pixar kind of a, an open forum for input? yes
1: absolutely absolutely yeah you, well, you touch on my, my favorite part of my role actually is i am one of the few that gets to actually work on every single project which is super fun it's a you know to, to constantly be moving to the next or you know have a couple of them going at the same time but really get the focus in that last that last year of, of of the production or this last post-production um and yes, Pixar, the other the other thing that is sort of eye-opening from my, my L.A. life of uh, live action is Pixar is very inclusive. Everybody, uh, very early on, I felt the, 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 the radical difference from my, my live action world of Pixar believes that believes in every employee, every person that works there helps make the movie. And... Um, and being part of all those projects and being at the mixes and at the scores, being with a small team that sort of we filter down from 250 people in production down to, you know, the, the whatever it is, the, the five or ten of us at the end. Um, there's, there's, there's great opportunities to, for input and creative input. And, uh, and it, it's, it's the fun part of our projects, uh, of, our, of, our, of our job, I guess, is to share that creative part.
0: There's also an aspect that there's, once the film is obviously dubbed in, in English, you have a whole international translation that also is part of the output. Are, right. you, are you responsible and, and part of that also? Yeah.
1: Yes. Very. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. We. Uh, I, it is. It is. Uh, there's an amazing team. Disney Character Voices International. Um, we translate our movies into 44 languages. Within you know within about the same time as as we release here, we are wrapping up international mixes. To release the film around the world, we want the, our movies to be accessible to children everywhere. Um, and Disney has this terrific group of creative, you know, leaders in their in 15 countries. Um, they handle anywhere from their their one local language to as many as uh, nine or 10 languages in, in their surrounding area. Um, and we work, I work really hard to keep them involved early on. Um, our projects, our, our, our stories are complex, are, uh, and, and they, are, they are locked into the visual image. The animation of the lip sync never changes. Creatively, they go through the movie and tell the same story um, in their local language that will fit the number of you know, open and close of the mouth. Uh, in the animation, so uh, getting them involved early makes them part of the process. Um, our, our directors and our producers, you know, care very much about that step. Um, here we are, international market now is you know making 60, 60 percent of the box office for us, and uh, and we want you know Pixar. The other amazing part about Pixar is it's all about quality, and. If you ever have a financial discussion of we could do this and save, or we could do this and make it better and make it you know look better or sound better, you know we, we always go for the quality over over saving a couple dollars if if that's the difference. Um, and having having our teams involved early, we have um, the D C B I folks get together once a year. We all sit around, meet the meet and talk to the directors and the producers and, and discuss. You know, the little, the details of the story that may be hard to translate in some territories, culturally, things don't make sense that we, we have in our movies occasionally, that in, in a local language. And together, um, we work through how to help, what would be good, what, what's important to the story. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge, it's, it's amazing. It is happening all at the same time because we, we basically we wrap up our mix up at Skywalker for the domestic version, we send in a music and an effects only element off to um, into London and Shepperton where we mix. And uh, I, I leave soon after we wrap up the domestic for London, where we sit and mix for three or four weeks. Uh, the international versions, trying to and there just to sort of my goal there is to be there to watch to keep consistency in in quality. Um, and um, all the all those those creative leads from dcvi fly into into london to mix there so at one place one sort of gatekeeper location all those mixes happen it's great it's really well organized
0: how, how is your cantonese
1: oh fantastic yeah <laughs> i speak all 44 of those languages
0: <laughs> oh my god um, yeah. uh, but when you're talking about q um and, and and you know films going out and and just, just tracking, making sure, I mean how much of a um, perspective do you get on once it goes out to theaters of quality control with with how it's presented to the audiences?
1: Yeah, we you know, it's it's, it's important to us, once we you know, we work hard every day to make everything perfect, but we're basically at some point, every movie turns their films over to local theaters um, and projectionists, and we really do believe I believe that those projectionists You know, I've traveled all over the world to see, you know, our movie screening places. I've met projectionists everywhere. And all of them, every one of every projectionist I've ever ever met care about film making, film projection as much as we do. Um, And so we've actually started a little program years ago back on Incredibles um, where we have a website uh, for projectionists. Giving them all the details of our film, um, we actually run a little a little uh, campaign for um, projectionists to give us feedback, uh, to interact with us, put their name in our in a, in a drawing. We we give a free trip, a free weekend to San Francisco um, for a projectionist and, and and someone they want to bring with them um, out to San Francisco for a long weekend, a tour at Pixar. We meet some of our animators. They meet um, our projection team. All just to sort of to, to share that we, we care about the way the movie looks, and and we're here to help. If you if you need another print or if your DCP doesn't work, you know, we make sure we set up uh, you know phone numbers for them to call um, distributors of of the, the packages, and even contact information for the studio for for me if they want to you know learn more about the film or need some help. We,
0: you know, often
1: those poor projectionists have a have a tough job. They show up on, on Thursday night and they have to load up, you know, the new DCPs. And if something's not working, here it is. It's, it's midnight. They're all by themselves in the theater, and uh, they got to get it up and working for their, their opening day on Friday. And often don't have places to turn for help. So we try to reach out. And, uh, and offer offer help, and, and and if nothing else, just that we're thinking of them, care about them. Um, we have a, we also have a little Twitter account, and uh, uh, we try to get feedback from audience members too. If they've if they've got a problem, or something didn't work, or if it was you know out of focus or cutting off the credits, please let us yeah, know. Yeah, we'll sure. reach out and try and talk to the theater.
0: Wow, what what can you say? I mean, we're already we've you know you've added 3D, uh, additional languages, but now we're also Looking at immersive technologies like Atmos and and um, ORO and uh, these other audio formats, what what happened when that came on the scene in terms of um, with your job with your yeah. deliverables? We're
1: we're big fans. We uh, I am always looking for new technologies that I can bring back to Pixar to share um, and, and potential ways to tell our stories better to, to make people feel like they're part of the movie more. Um, we're I, I'm a big Atmos fan. Um, it is something that, uh, you know, we had heard about and learned about from Dolby well before release, did a bunch of early tests with them, and then we're, we're super proud that Brave was the first film to release in Atmos, and, uh, and, and there's, I mean, there were absolutely learning curve there. Um, there's lots of extra steps to make that happen, uh, but we think it's worth it, um, and, you know, Pixar, uh, Brave was that first film we did all in post, um, post the final mix in our, our 7-1 master that we made. We went back and did the Atmos version, which was more cumbersome, um, and in some cases um, sort of locked us into creative decisions that we had made earlier in the 7-1s. So we get, couldn't take the Atmos quite as far as we would like to have, but. Uh, but then, you know, by the time we got came around and got Monsters University, that was you know, mixed in Atmos originally as their as the native original mix. And um, there, there's just there's just such great exciting times for sound right now with with Atmos and with Oro and you know all of the formats. Um, and to, to and and I think a, a creative. A creative challenge for our mixers to learn how best to use it how to how to how to make it interesting how to make it enveloping uh, yet not be cheesy or a gimmick you know um but we're we're really excited about that stuff we're always embracing it always looking for what else there is and what else we can do um as, as we are excited about you know the next you know, visual formats as well coming up
0: Awesome. Well, Paul, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure to talk with you and get a little peek behind the curtain and try to understand what what your day-to-day might be like, which I still don't know how you do it by yourself, even if you have a supporting team.
1: (laughs) Michael, thank you for your time. I appreciate it as well. Look forward to talking more.